0: Hello, Nephew community, and welcome to yet another episode in our Hot Topics in Nephrology podcast with Mark Newman. As we all know, Mark Newman is a veteran editor in the kidney health space. He always brings with us a wealth of knowledge and keeps us up to date on all the happenings out there in the kidney care community. And today we've got a really interesting topic based on discussions that happened on Capitol Hill regarding mismanagement of organ procurement here in the United States. So, Mark, give us some background on how these hearings came about.
1: Sure. So, we've covered this topic a number of times in the Nephew podcasts and webinars. uh, Back in uh, 2019, uh, then-President Donald Trump signed the Advancing American Kidney Health Initiative. And a a major part of that initiative was to get more kidney transplants to individuals with chronic kidney disease. Uh, For example, one of the goals was to have 80% of patients with CKD to have either a functioning transplant or be on home dialysis by 2025. So, you know, CMS and the government were certainly pushing for more people to get transplants. And most kidney professionals agree that a new kidney offers a much better quality of life for patients with CKD compared to going on dialysis. But the problem, as we well know, is that there's a limited supply of available donor kidneys. Um, and beyond the quality of life improvement, the feds have also liked the transplant option because it is less taxing on the Medicare budget. Even with the upfront cost to procure an organ, the transplant procedure itself, and the immunosuppressive drugs that follow, it is less costly than placing a patient on dialysis, uh, particularly because of the resultant drop in hospitalizations. You know, a transplanted kidney corrects many of the clinical problems that patients face that aren't resolved by dialysis. In some cases, of course, uh, patients with a transplant go back to work and help add to the tax base, and that's a big plus.
0: Yeah, so certainly the government has a vested interest in ensuring an effective transplant program. Uh, based on what you're telling us here. So thanks for that background, Mark. So what did the Trump initiative call for to correct the inequity in available organs?
1: Yeah, so what they wanted to do right away from the start, they launched the investigation to see how effective, in essence, the organ procurement community was in retrieving kidneys via the donation process. So every year, of course, these are the organ procurement organizations or OPOs um, go into hospitals and attempt to procure organs um, with transplant coordinators. And so once that organ is procured, however, there's a long process involved in getting the kidney or getting the organ, getting it to the hospital where the transplant has taken place. So there's a matching system there that has been around for many years. So, C- so in order to sort of assess where these OPOs were at, CMS created new performance measures for this industry. Those measures include the potential for these OPOs to lose their federal contract if they did not reach their goals for procuring enough organs each year. And prior to this, there have been very little uh, supervision or regulation regarding how these OPOs perform. And much of the responsibility in managing these 57 OPOs, which are spread across the country, is with the United Network for Organ Sharing, which was the subject of the Senate hearings we talked about earlier this nonprofit group has been in charge of the OPOs, the order Procurement Organizations, the National Waitlist, and Monitoring Transplant Center Performance with the help of other agencies for the past 35 years through seven contract rebids. In other words, each time the contract comes up, um, UNOS has applied for others that, but then UNOS has always been able to re the contract. essence, so they've been handling this process for over 35 years. So the the hearings that we heard this past week um, from the Senate Finance Committee sort of focused on how these OPOs performed under these new rules. And committee members really grilled the United Network for Oregon Steering CEO Brian Shepard, who was there representing, you know, about the exhibit.
0: So what was said at the hearing?
1: Well, the results were really not good, Aaron. Um, Here's a quote from, and there were a number of folks there testifying. Including some of the OPOs um, that in fact, you know CMS was attempting to regulate, but there were also folks from the transplant community, there were patients there. And so here's a quote from the the Ron Wyden of Oregon, who's the chair of the Center of Finance Committee and has been part of this uh, discovery, if you will, um, over the last couple of years of how these OPOs have performed. And here's a quote from that hearing and from his testimony. Far too many Americans are dying needlessly because UNOS and many of the transplant organizations overseas are failing and seem uninterested in improving. And as I mentioned, there were a number of testif- there's a number of individuals who testified, including Wyden, about some of the patient deaths that have occurred because UNOS uses, number one, a very antiquated computer system for allocating organs via the national wait list which now contains the names of more than 100,000 patients and allows organs to go to waste because of transportation problems. Here's a quote from one of the OPO CEOs from Mid-American Transplant. As OPOs, we are required to work with UNOS technology, which is called DonorNet, every day. DonorNet is outdated, difficult to use, and often slow to function when every minute counts, meaning that once you procure an organ and remove it has a limited amount of shelf life, if you will, and so that organ has to get to the hospital where the transplant is being performed, ASAP. If there's a delay in that, and that's driven by a poor IT system, then that becomes a problem.
0: Yeah, I can see how a bad IT system would make organ transplant vulnerable to failure, especially when you have such a quick turnaround time required. Uh, for delivering these organs. I mean, these decisions happened to happen really quickly. So what did the transplant center community say about the process?
1: Right. So one of the one of the uh, key testimonies came from Jamie Locke. She is a transplant surgeon at a very large program in uh, Birmingham at the University of Alabama. She's the director of the Division of Transplant Surgery there. And she has been outspoken about this system before. And here's her quote. Transplantation was always supposed to be about the patient, but the system we operate now has almost a complete lack of ownership and responsibility, whether it's an OPO failing to show up at donor hospitals and engage families or, you failing at the most basic responsibilities of getting recovered organs matched and safely to the recipients at the other side. And that's what we talked about earlier, that critical, that crucial time period of getting the organs, in essence, on the plane and to the transplant center uh, because, the, because eventually that organ will no longer survive and it will no longer be uh, transplantable. And then she talks a little bit about that process and so some concerns about the discard rate. And this has been a topic in, in the literature for the last year or so about how many organs, in essence, get discarded because of some of the problems regarding transportation or they're just not very good organs. So Locke said poor monitoring of the OPTN, which is the Organ Procurement Transplant Network, and that is, in essence, encompasses all of what we know that UNOS is responsible for, and has allowed for the discarding of thousands of kidneys every year. Discards have increased steadily, he said, and transportation errors are frequent. UNOS has shown no ability to manage even simple logistics in getting organs where they need to go. And then he talked about one particular week in her practice, where she said she had to discard four kidneys delivered by four different OPOs in one week because of how the organs were prepared for shipment. Um, in fact, she, she talked about in her testimony about she, in essence, got a kidney in a box that looked like it had been had tire tracks on the top of the box. Like, in essence, somebody had accidentally run over it and they still ended up shipping it. So these are some of the concerns that she had. And of course, she had to turn down these four different kidneys from four different groups. So it's not just isolate to one OPO. But two of those kidneys she mentioned that had to be discarded were for highly sensitized Black women, quote, meaning they were the proverbial needle in a haystack of kidneys for patients that are hard to match. So when we talk about highly sensitized, in other words, there's only so many Um, There's there's only so many uh, organs that can fit those types of individuals. And these were organs that were particularly selected for these two women, and they were no longer usable. So it's sort of like starting over again in terms of finding these very rare uh, kidneys. And she said, you know, that that created a real problem for us.
0: Yeah, that is so tragic. I mean, not not for the patient, the families. uh, I mean, I, I shudder at the thought of, uh, you know, people not having the opportunity for benefiting from that uh, when that unfortunate time comes. But it really sounds like there's a lot of work to do here.
1: Yeah, there really is. I mean, Wyden is very uh, concerned and and was very critical during the hearings. Um, uh, And, you know, you've got some other moving parts here. So UNOS has had this contract for 35 years. Uh, That's a long time for one entity to be managing this. Maybe it's time for a change. In fact, um, Shepard, who we talked about earlier, the CEO, um, is stepping down uh, next month. So there may be an opportunity to bring somebody else in. But the the critical part of this, as we talked earlier, is about these organ procurement organizations, which have had very little uh, uh, monitoring, uh, very little uh, due diligence in terms of Um, of of, of, of procuring organs. So some are very good and some are not so good. And there's nobody out there to kind of bring up the slack, if you will. There hasn't been. And that's been the responsibility of UNOS. and They just haven't done a good job. So anyway, in in terms of uh, the hearings, uh, uh, Center Finance Chair Ron Wyden, who we talked about earlier, said the investigation to UNOS will continue with additional hearings. Um, And it sounds like this is going to go on for some time until they can figure out how to resolve this. But improving the system may take a long time, as we talked about. Aaron, of course, we are hearing more about things like xenotransplantation that might provide some relief for the organ donor supply, um, but that's still ways off. We've heard some stories in the media about uh, there was a, a uh, uh, an organ, uh, uh, an animal organ, transplanted for a heart uh, for an individual. There's been some um, sort of uh, uh, some research done in terms of trying to figure out how kidneys might work. And of course, we're also looking at things like implantable kidneys and you know wearable kidneys and things of that sort, which are in the headlines, but they are also some, some time away. But there, as we mentioned, this, these kind of things remain years away. Clearly the need is here today for a greater availability of kidneys for transplant, number one, but also accountability for how these organs that we do procure, And we do, uh, for individuals are delivered, delivered in a timely manner and patients can benefit from it. So I think these hearings suggest that the system we have now is ineffective, number one, and has gone unchecked for a long time. And things need to change in order to take advantage of this very rare uh, supply um, of uh, organs that will get people off dialysis. I think that's key.
0: Thank you, Mark, Uh, and I sure hope that these improvements happen quickly. Uh, and that ultimately we see these technological advancements uh, that you're mentioning. So Mark, as always, thank you. This has been very informative. Uh, we always appreciate you being here on this podcast to share this knowledge with us. And Nephew community, thank all of you for tuning in and please stay tuned for future episodes. where We'll certainly be talking about other hot issues and topics in the nephrology space. So until next time, Please enjoy the rest of the resources on the NEPHEW website and look out for Mark with us here in the future.